Hello again, beautiful people. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. This is episode six of the official Your Conflict Coach podcast. And as always, my name is Hannah and I'm your conflict coach. So as y'all may remember, we are now working our way through the second half of season one. And I've been checking in with y'all. I've been asking you some questions, seeing what you guys have taken from the first half of this season, and trying to figure out maybe what questions you have or what I should be exploring next. And if y'all ever have any feedback or questions, I want to hear from you. So please DM me or email me. The contact info is at the end of every episode. But in talking to you guys, I noticed a lot of patterns that I want to explore that I hope can help me help you live more peaceful lives. That's the ultimate goal, right? We want relationships that empower us, support us, relationships that make us feel good about ourselves. And conflict is unpredictable and chaotic. So we want to bring some peace back into the way we approach conflict in our lives. That's the goal. So one of the patterns I heard that I want to address before anything else is what I like to call the blame fallacy. You know, when I asked any variation of the question, what conflict style do you tend to use? It seems like for a lot of you, it depends on whose fault you think it is. It comes down to blame. So when I say blame fallacy, I'm referring to our tendency to have no problem identifying and adjusting our conflict styles to the issue, as long as we feel like we're partially or fully at fault. If we feel like we played a negative role in the conflict, then we'll do what we need to do to handle it correctly or repair any damage. But that changes when we feel like we're not at fault, when we think someone else is to blame. And before I jump into the deep end here, I want to make sure I say that that's normal, right? We'll fix something we broke, no problem. But why fix something someone else broke? right? Especially if you got hurt in the process. And don't get me wrong, I love the honesty y'all have been giving me because I relate to it. I understand it. So when I keep hearing this pattern, I get it. Fault really does play into conflict way more than it should most of the time. But I remind clients all the time that fault and blame are real, but they're easy targets. They're easy distractions. They take your focus and they pull it away from the issue at hand. They pull it away from whatever it is that's misaligned in that relationship. Fault and blame give you tunnel vision. We start thinking about fault and blame and all of a sudden, we're in either attack mode because it's their fault or we're in defense mode because we think it's our fault. 
What about the actual problem, though? Why is fault and blame our go-to? Why does it matter so much to us? Whose fault it is? Why does that affect how we handle the conflict? So when we get hurt or triggered or offended or even just really irritated, our brains start recapping why and how we got there. In an attempt to sort of troubleshoot the surge of negative emotional energy that we just got. And to answer that why and how, it starts trying to figure out which parts of the conflict we know for certain so that it can start there. That's our human nature. When things get confusing and overwhelming, well, if we're going to tackle it, we got to find a starting point, right? But as we know, logic and emotion cannot coexist in your brain at the same time. Your brain can only process one or the other, and emotion is going to be the default for most people. So, in that moment, what feels most real and relevant and certain to our brain when it's trying to find a starting point? It's our emotions, our feelings. So what do our brains do? To make sense of all of it, to understand it, to attempt to resolve it, they assign blame. Is it my fault? Well, if they wouldn't have fill in the blank, we wouldn't be here. So we either blame ourselves and punish ourselves with guilt and shame, or we blame them and shift our focus to how terribly they handled the situation by our standards. So when we're seeing this conflict through the filter of our emotions, we start attacking the relationship instead of the problem. We ask ourselves, who made me feel this way? Instead of, what is making me feel this way? Why do I feel this way? And that's why our emotions are such a huge part of our individual perception of a conflict. But you have to be able to recognize that everyone's individual perception is based on their own emotional reality. And I'm not saying the actual emotions there aren't important. Because I will be the first to tell you that recognizing and defining your emotions is a huge part of effective conflict resolution. And if you listen to previous episodes, you'll hear me say that ignoring important emotions, pretending they don't exist, hiding them away, can be very destructive. Because remember, we don't want to default to complete avoidance. But what I'm saying is that when we start with our emotions as this foundation for our reasoning and our problem solving, the rest of our resolution process is then doomed because all of a sudden we are trying to fix feelings instead of trying to fix a problem and preserve a relationship. 
And even if we know this, when we try to fix feelings anyway, it only adds more emotional tension to the conflict. Because no matter how hard we try, no matter how badly we want to, we cannot cry, yell, ignore, or otherwise force another person into understanding our emotional reasoning. 10 out of 10 times, they're set up to fail because they will either, one, try to understand it logically, or two, try to understand it emotionally, right? If they try to understand it logically, they can't because you're reasoning emotionally. So if they try to understand it emotionally, they still probably won't get it because their emotional reasoning is based in their own perception of the conflict, not yours. We have to recognize that what we really want in those situations is just for the other person or people or party to handle the situation in a way that makes sense to us. We want them to handle it in a way that makes us feel more comfortable, that makes us feel supported or at least acknowledged instead of attacked. Because disagreement is uncomfortable. We have to recognize that even though it's what we crave as humans, being fully and completely understood is not the only type of resolution. Even healthy conflict can and will still be uncomfortable and confusing. And damaging and destructive conflicts will still happen. You'll still feel misunderstood sometimes, even when you're doing everything you can. Because conflicts are inevitable. And what is conflict? It's misalignment. Something is off. That doesn't mean it's doomed. It doesn't even have to mean it's damaged. But something is off. Something is misaligned. And of course, sometimes we live with a little misalignment here and there, and even a little damage. We know we can repair that pretty easily if we need to. So we let it go. But if that little misalignment isn't ever recognized or acknowledged or addressed or especially resolved, it will only get worse and it will only get more painful. And the more painful it gets, the more our emotions start clouding our logic. And that's when it gets confusing and it gets confusing very quickly. And then all of a sudden, something happens that should feel small. Maybe it's happened before and it felt small then, but suddenly it feels more like a seismic shift or even like a landmine to what we thought was reality. And these are the moments when the jolt of unpredictability makes our emotion take over. And those takeovers are the moments that end up significantly damaging our relationships if we don't know how to recognize and control them. And those moments, those burned bridges, these destroyed and damaged relationships, these are the reason 
that as a society, we have to start retraining our instinctual reactions to conflict. For so many years, we haven't learned how to handle conflict in a constructive and collaborative way. But we have to get out of those damaging habits and be the people who replace them with constructive reactions that allow us to maintain peace and have the gift of predictability in our relationships. We have to start making a habit out of fighting off our initial destructive reactions and recentering. We have to focus on that misalignment and how to get the relationship back on track. We have to start learning how to define our emotions how to recognize them and assign meaning to them without jumping straight into fault and blame. Like I said, when we do jump to fault or we do start assigning blame, we immediately derail the resolution process and we significantly increase the chances of relationship damage. But I know that it's important to hold people accountable for their actions, especially when they're harmful. And I also know that it's important to a lot of you that people recognize when they've hurt you. So when you find yourself arguing about fault or blaming someone before you've even discussed the real issues that cause that conflict, I want you to switch the conversation from fault to responsibility. Whose responsibility is it to maintain this relationship? Whose responsibility is it to resolve conflict in this relationship? What are your normal responsibilities in the relationship and did you violate them? And vice versa, what are their normal responsibilities in the relationship? And did they violate them? And if any of those expectations were violated, is everyone aware of it? Are they on the same page about it? Was it intentional? When you're able to switch your mindset from whose fault is this to Whose responsibility is this? It becomes so much less about blame and so much more about connection and boundaries and healthy accountability. And those are the things that are going to build up relationships instead of tear them down. That's all I have for you in this episode. I truly hope you learned something today. And even if you didn't, I want to remind you that sometimes unlearning things is just as important. And that takes time. So I leave you with this. What's one thing you can start to do better today? As always, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Your Conflict Coach with two H's. You can also email me at Your Conflict Coach with two H's at gmail.com. 